Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back to another episode of Flush. I'm your host, Kiva, and I'm joined by everyone's favorite co-host, Stella. Stella, how are you? I'm great, and I'm happy to be back. It's been a while. It has been a while. It feels so good to be podcasting in the room, in the studio, in the OG Blush recording room or whatever yeah on the opposite side of the world (laughs) I know it's been wild being on the other side of the planet and setting up the podcasting equipment I mean multiple times right like I pretty much every time I podcasted I set it up now I set it up god I don't know how to speak (laughs) we're just gonna roll with that one in Australia they say set it up right Yeah, that's how they say it. (laughs) See, I'm not dumb. I'm just international. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, it's nice to be back. I've missed podcasting with you. Me too. Oh my gosh. We've had our group chats going, of course, which has been nice, but... Yeah, nice to be back in the studio. In the studio. Yeah, Stella just finished helping me take food pictures, and it was quite a laborious process, and I'm so happy she was here. (laughs) I mean, it was kind of my pleasure because I just ate all the food when you were done with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is kind of nice to help out on these days because that's that's what you get to do in the background. It's like, okay, done with the shot. Now you can eat this. Mm -hmm. Crunching right into it. Or like this piece of radish is ugly, so like please eat it. It's not going to make it in the photo. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk about. The thing with today's episode is there's a lot that I want to talk about, but I also have zero answers. It's okay. We don't have to have answers all the time. Sometimes questions, <laughs> oh, you know, we can sit with them yeah. and just consider, ponder. Yeah. I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of like, this is what's alive for me right now. I don't really know how to work through it, but maybe maybe it's relatable for someone. I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, wait. Before that... Mm-hmm. I want to talk about something that, um, so ever since I've been back, which is like a day and a half, I've been been binging all of my Bravo that I didn't watch while I was there. Uh, Like how nice it's been. I can't even. And I've been texting um, Ozzy's aunt because she's also into Bravo and Mm -hmm. we really bonded over it. And I was like, I'm behind on everything. I haven't watched anything since I've been in Australia. Don't tell me anything. So now as I'm catching up, I'm like, oh my God, can you believe blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, that happened a month ago, babe. Where have you been? (laughs) But so I've been catching up on my Bravo and there's this one theme that's been coming up a lot. And I'm so curious to know what, like, where you land on this. So something that's been coming up a lot is partners maybe not defending their partner. So for people who do watch Bravo, I will list the examples. 
So one that's kind of a classic example that's been going on for years is Katie Maloney and Tom Schwartz. On <laughs> Stella's making the funniest face. I know you don't watch Bravo. There's probably like one person who listens to this show who watches Bravo. <laughs> but for that one person's benefit. <laughs> so they're on Vanderpump Rules. They're, they've been married for years. And frankly, even for... Even since, like, we've been watching them on TV for 10 years, pretty much. The entire 10 years, it's been the number one thing they fight about. And they actually just filed for, like, well, legal separation, but, like, they're Hmm. getting divorced. Okay. And we don't really, really, really know the reason yet. But, like, presumably it's because he quite literally never has her back. Oh, okay. Like, it comes up all the time. Like, there will be group, you know, because it's it's a reality show. Like, people are fighting all the time. It's not, like, real life. Like, I don't remember the last time I was in, in like, a random scenario where everyone's fighting with each other. <laughs> but Because, um, like, I don't even have enough close friends to have that <laughs> contentious of a situation happen, you know? <laughs> I feel like you need to have a lot of litigious personalities in one enclosed space in a given time to reach the level of drama of Bravo, so. Right. Well, and it's also, like, in real life, if you're just kind of not feeling great about a person, you just don't hang out with them. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas, it, like, if it's your coworker who you're contractually obligated to be hanging out with and usually drinking, then shit pops off. But yeah, so there would be all these group scenarios where people are fighting. And now I will say, in some Let's just even say hypothetically all. I'm not saying all, but let's just say hypothetically all of them. Maybe Katie was in the wrong, but what she was angry about like the next day is like, whether I'm right or wrong, as my partner, you should have my back. It's come up again um, with in Real Housewives of New Jersey this season, Jennifer Aiden and her husband, Bill Aiden. Uh, it's really one time that it comes up where she's fighting with a bunch of the girls. And now I think Jennifer Aiden in general just tends to be in the wrong. Um, Like, I actually think she's really interesting and fun to watch. But in general, I think she tends to be in the wrong. And he just walks away. And it's like three girls ganging up on her. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the fighting really started because his former cheating had resurfaced. Ooh, yikes. Like he had cheated many, many years ago. And the context is that Jennifer Aiden was always really judgmental of someone else on the show for having cheated. And she was always really open about, the other person was really open about the fact that she had cheated. And finally, the other person was like, I can't take this. Like, you're so full of shit. I know that your husband cheated on you all those years ago and you act like everything's perfect in your marriage. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, which uh, we're not even going to get into that. But so this like old trauma has kind of resurfaced for her that she buried under the rug. She never told anyone in her life that this happened. So this old trauma has resurfaced. And then on top of it, when she's in this fight with, you know, the other the other group, the other cohort, if you will, her husband leaves the room, which the next day she said something that I really thought was spot on. She's like, it's not just like she's like, OK, you cheated on me a million years ago, whatever. Like, <laughs> then you don't have my back. Like, do you understand that they're all probably sitting there being like he doesn't even like her? Which I kind of was like, they probably are. And in fact, they were. Wow. You know? And then the other example that's come up recently in my recent viewing, and this is actually the opposite. Or no, 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 it's not the opposite. But it hasn't been a thing on Summer House, which is currently my favorite Bravo show. There's this couple who's about to get married. In real life, they are married now. You know, the show is from last summer in the Hamptons. There's a couple, Amanda and Kyle, and they've been dating since the first season of the show. They've always had a really tumultuous relationship, largely because it seems like Kyle, uh, I don't know, is just kind of a difficult person. It seems like he gets a little off the chains when he's drinking 
And, um, and she's actually like so lovely and sweet and like adorable and dresses so well, like so well and has like the best body, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Um, And, Like a lot of the show really has been Amanda's friends being like, your relationship is toxic. Mm. And her really often not disagreeing. But I mean, this season, it's so bad. And they're about to get married. Oh, my God. And I consistently, so like the most recent episode that I was watching, they were at a group dinner and I mean, he's being out of control, like out of control, like yelling at people, like just being so nasty. And she's kind of reprimanding him at the table and kind of like having her friends back. And it kind of got me thinking, do you think you should have your partners back even when your partner is wrong? Well, I can't comment on either of these scenarios specifically because I haven't seen the shows. But in general, I think I'd say that in theory, yes, you should have a partner's back. But it also maybe depends on what's going on. I don't know what, like, if they're clearly in the wrong about something, then maybe it's better to take your partner aside and and talk about it. I don't know. I, I, I... Guess I have a hard time giving a blanket statement like, yes, you should always, no matter what, 100% have your partners back. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, in theory, in a relationship that is not toxic, right, in a healthy relationship, you should have the kind of open dialogue and supportive like a supportive quality to the relationship no matter what. But that should be like provide the opportunity to talk through something maybe Mm -hmm. I don't know at least that is my general take on it Mm -hmm. yeah I historically would have said I think you should always have each other's back in public even if they're wrong and then in private you can be like yo you were like really fucking wrong in that (laughs) scenario (laughs) yeah okay fair enough I get that yeah like That's kind of what I would have historically said. Now, I do think there are situations where, like, let's say your partner says something really racist. Mm, Yikes. I don't think you should ever be like, like, I I think that's a scenario where in the moment, Mm -hmm. maybe not in like a reprimanding or a shaming or a putting down way, but you might have to be like, we need to step aside right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then is it so archaic to be like, you should always have your partners back in public? I mean, maybe a little bit. Yeah. But then I think of the counter example of, again, people you don't know, so I'm not going to dive that deep into it. But like um, Katie and Schwartz, the first couple that I mentioned, he would just never have her back. Hmm. And like, it was so unsavory to watch. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting thing that I was thinking about. I'm curious to hear what the listeners think. DM me. I want to know. I don't. Yeah, it's not really. I will say the only personal connection is there was one night when Ozzy and I were in Melbourne and I I had been coming off of two weeks of just being so irritable, like so irritable. And I was like always pretty nice to his friends and stuff. But there were a couple of times, like one time we were at a restaurant, I was just really annoyed because it's, you know, I'd been coming off of a month and a half of constantly having to talk about being vegan. Mm. <laughs> and it's not my favorite thing to talk about. You know, like it's really not like it's it's a very personal dietary decision that I made and I didn't go vegan for a really long time for I mean, A, because I was scared I'd gain weight, B, because I already feel so different from other people like I'm like I grew up being Middle Eastern in Germany Like, I am, like, a German, Middle Eastern, American person. Like, I don't, there is not one person on the face of the planet that I feel like I'm the same as. Mm -hmm. Like, there is no scenario where I feel at home. Like, I have, like, a fucking, like, weird name. 
You know what I mean? And then I moved to America and it's misspelled. So I spent like a decade plus being called Hiwa, which isn't even my name. You know, like I I have always felt other and have always felt different. So the last, and so I remember the way I would eat was like, I would really try so hard to assimilate to American yeah. culture and be like, I love bacon and I love this <laughs> and I love that. And, you know, I finally was like, you know what, this is what I think is like ethically the right thing to do. And I don't judge anyone else, but I just ethically, this is what I think is the right thing to do. And I'm going to stop putting my own need to fit in with other people above what I think is actually right for the planet and for other living sentient beings on the planet Mm -hmm. and so I made this decision but I hate how it makes me different from people (sighs) again yeah you know what I I mean and like every fucking day that I was in Australia I had to have a conversation about being vegan whether we were out at dinner or with his family who I will say not once was asking in a judgmental kind of way they just were curious because it was the first vegan that they had Mm -hmm. met which is fine or his friends but it was just conversation after conversation after conversation after conversation about my food intake. Oh my gosh, that sounds so exhausting. Yeah. And so much of it, I'm sure, was like having to defend your position, so to say. Well, maybe not from his family, but from other people. Yeah, definitely, definitely not from his family. But you know what it really was? So one time it was that, and that was the most triggering, which I'll get to. But like for the most part, it really was just people trying to accommodate me. But as a recovering people pleaser, guess what's really fucking hard? It's like people (laughs) going out of their way to make sure your needs are met. Oh boy. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'd be like, no, it's fine. I can eat whatever. Like it's, you know, I'll have a cucumber. Like, don't worry about it. But like, like like seeing his family go out of their way to make sure that I'm fed or things like that. It just, it brings up a lot because I'm like trying to take up as little space as possible. And then this one thing that honestly is the one thing that I'm the most proud of in my life. Like the thing that I think is the kindest thing that I do is also just so draining. You know, mm-hmm. like I hate having to be an imposition on people I hate having it to ha- be a thing. I And then, so that's really what was the hardest. I'm quickly interrupting this episode to tell you about my favorite probiotic, Seed. Seed is a two-in-one capsule of probiotics and a prebiotic, which feeds the probiotics. It's good for digestive health, gut barrier integrity, gut immune function, cardiovascular health, and for your skin. And what's really unique about Seed is that it has a two-in-one nested capsule that ensures that it survives the tract from your mouth to your gut. Most probiotics die during that process, so they never actually make it into your gut to colonize. I've been taking Seed for a couple of years now, and it is by far my favorite probiotic I've ever taken. I notice a huge difference when I don't take it for even a few days. When I first got to Australia, I didn't take it for just a few days, and I noticed my skin wasn't looking as good, my digestion wasn't as good, and as soon as I got back on it, everything was flowing perfectly. Everyone that I've introduced it to loves it. It is truly the best probiotic out there. It's also a very green company. All of their packaging, everything is environmentally friendly. Their packaging is compostable. It's chic on your counter. You know I love that. It is truly the best out there. I love it so much that I got a code for you guys. Use the code BLUSH15. B-L-U-S-H-1-5 for 15% off your order. Now back to the episode. Okay, so this particular night, we're out in Melbourne, and one of his coworkers and I are having a conversation about being vegan, and about me being vegan. Of course, the conversation has to be about me being fucking vegan again. Because what else are you going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I once broke up with a girl because she was vegetarian. Oh, God. If I had a nickel. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) 
grab her toy from her. <laughs> Should I put it outside? Uh, just put it on the table. Okay. Nice big girl. You can stay, but you can't sleep. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, okay cool like what what am I supposed to you know like I I understand where this is going like you clearly don't approve or whatever and that's fine and just to paint the picture for you he's this guy who's like obsessed with weightlifting and like has a strict intermittent fasting schedule oh gosh you know like probably just guzzles protein for breakfast like it's he sounds exhausting. <laughs> I'm so sorry to say this, but I don't know a single guy who is obsessed with weightlifting who is not a huge douche. I'm just going to say it. I'm so sorry if someone listening falls into this category. Prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. Prove me wrong. I'm yet to meet one. Fair enough. Yeah. And so, and he's just like going on and on and on about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't. Like I like I like kept trying to I was like that's great for you anyway like I like I just kept trying to change the conversation to anything else but he just was so I'm like already irritated and then we're trying to find food and this place is like this uh, so we stop at this one place and they're like and we're like oh do you have any vegan options and she's like maybe a couple and i was looking and the menu was marked with what's vegetarian and i was like well is there any way to know like what would be vegan and she's like no not really and i was like great well that's super helpful and i like put the menu down and i walked out so that's an example of me being really irritable but at that time like i kind of like it was enough you know what i mean like it yeah. was just I'm so sick of the conversation being around my dietary restrictions. And also, like, you know what it is for me? I feel like I, and even though no one really intended this other than the one douchebag um, <laughs> coworker, no one else intended to make me feel like a burden, but that's what I felt like. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's hard. That's part of... Being different, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, oh. Especially in, in the area of food, right? Because if you don't eat what everyone else eats, then you need to have something else. And that often means additional work, additional questions, what, yeah. whatever it is. And I just hate being tr- like, I, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm doing what's right. Like, and I don't, like, I'm not saying everyone should be vegan at all. Like, I, in fact, I think a lot of people really can't for various reasons, and that's fine. But it's we, what's right for you, though. Yeah, but, like, yeah. we can all agree that this is what's ethically right, <laughs> right? Like, we can all agree that not enslaving and murdering animals is what's probably a good idea. Correct, yeah. right? Yeah. So I just hate being treated like... I'm this bizarre freak for doing something that I actually think is ethically the correct thing to do. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, in conclusion, I was feeling really irritable. And I'd and it, like there were a couple of times at restaurants where I was just kind of like there was another situation where this restaurant had like one vegan dish and they're like, this is all we can do. And I was like, there's like, it's just not what I wanted to order. And I was really annoyed that they wouldn't let me like order off menu. That's so annoying because yeah. I'm sure that there were dishes that they could have modified to make them vegan. Exactly. Right? Like you could have given How hard me is that? a bowl of lettuce. Yeah. Like it was an option. Fine. Like you could have given it to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there were a couple of times where I was really irritable about that. Uh, I'm trying to remember why we're talking about my... Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> this is how it comes full, full circle. So Ozzy was like, yeah, you've been like pretty irritable for the past few weeks, but I still will always have your side. Like I will always have your back no matter how you're behaving. Aww. And so <laughs> that kind of got me thinking about all these like Bravo situations where the partners weren't having their back. Well, true. But I think that it probably is very, very relative, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like he saw you being irritable, but in response to things that make sense, like you weren't doing anything outrageous. I mean, I presume. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I was a little rude. I was a little (laughs) rude. Okay, I'm so sorry. My dog is like losing her mind in here. 
and she's like knocking over all these like food photography props and stuff. Sam, can you come here and can you lay down, please? Sam, come on. (laughs) (laughs) And she has knocked down the, what the heck is this? She's knocked something over. Good girl. (laughs) Oh, my heart. She's so cute. Uh, and we're back to the Sam show. It hadn't been the Sam show for a couple of months. <laughs> well, it's her first episode yeah. being left out again, right? When we close the doors to the studio, she wants in. Yeah, I think she's missed being on the mic. <laughs> and now I think she wants out because she's sniffing the door. Uh, can you open the door yes. for her? <laughs> okay. But yeah, I guess going back to it all, you know... I'm actually going to revise what I say. I think that 99.9% of the time you should have your partners back in public, even if you disagree with them, because, because what I will say is I don't think Ozzy saw my side on these situations Mm. in the moment, like not being vegan, not having had food issues, not having had people pleasing issues. I don't think he relates to what it felt like for me Uh, to spend a month and a half constantly having to talk about my dietary restrictions to spend a month and a half, like having to have extra needs that needed to be met. And like how hard that was for me to like verbalize and communicate. And he also for like that one situation where that guy really was being an asshole, he wasn't privy to that conversation at all. So like to him, it was just me being kind of rude where like, for example, that restaurant where they wouldn't make accommodations. She was like, no, I'm sorry. This is the only vegan thing we have on the menu. We really should have more. And to him, Mm -hmm. that was like, oh, she's being so nice. Whereas to me, it was like, she's basically saying, no, we won't accommodate any adjustments that you want to make. Like, we really should have more cool. That doesn't help me in the moment, you know? Yeah. Like, so like to him, like he wasn't experiencing it the way I was. He was just like, wow, my girlfriend's like a straight up bitch, but like, I love her. (laughs) I will have her back because that's just what you do, you know? Mm -hmm. And then like later talking to me, maybe he saw my perspective a little, maybe not. Who knows? (laughs) Who cares at this point? But so I might revise my statement and say, I think you should always have your partners back i think that's fair and then if you disagree with them i think you should bring it up oh with them absolutely later, absolutely like do not ignore that because also i mean there can be larger conflicts under the surface here mm-hmm. if you really are not seeing eye to eye on things like that mm-hmm. yeah yeah Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad we covered that seemingly random topic. (laughs) Okay, wait. I have a funny story I've been dying to tell you. All right, bring it on. I love a good story. So I got back to New York a few days ago from Australia, and I've had just a hellish travel day and a half. It's usually like a 23-hour flight. My flight got canceled. I had to hang out at the airport for like 10 hours. Oh, God. They rebooked me on another airline, which honestly they did as a favor to me because other people, like we were leaving on Sunday, Australia time. Other people who were on my flight that was canceled weren't rebooked till like Wednesday. What? I That's was crazy. rebooked for Tuesday. And so I went to the desk thing and I was like, listen, I understand that you're dealing with a very difficult situation. I don't want to put extra burden on you. On you. I understand like these are unpredictable times. If you can't man a flight, you can't man a flight. Like, you know, I mean, I think I could possibly help as a flight attendant. If that's <laughs> a chance you want to take. But I understand. Now, I do think Tuesday seems like a bit of a stretch. <laughs> It just feels like we could probably get me out here, out of here sooner than Tuesday, right? I love how you're pitching this. Yes, you've already convinced me. Tell us how it goes with the uh, booking agent. And so she's like, no, that's ludicrous. Like, won't we have you out of here on Tuesday? And I was like, yeah, I mean, listen, if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. I'm not going to be difficult. Like, I get it. You have a bunch of angry people. I'm not going to be angry. Like, I get it. Shit happens. You can't control it. 
again, Tuesday just seems like too many days after today. Seriously. And also keep in mind for the U.S. to enter, re-enter the U.S., you have to have a COVID test the day before your flight. So oh, yes, which if complicates I was, everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. if I was even the next day, I would have had to get another COVID test, would have had to pay for it again. Mm. So I was really hoping I could leave that day. And they didn't have anything they could put me on that day, but they're like, she just like left for a while and comes back and she's like, you know what? We booked you on a Hawaiian Airlines flight, which is also funny because on the way to the airport, Ozzy and I had like a 25 minute long conversation about Hawaii and how I've never been to Hawaii. And then I randomly get booked on a Hawaiian Airlines flight and I had to have a layover in Hawaii. I mean, I think you manifested it. Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that also, I will say I'm yet to climb any ladders and (laughs) I'm now back in my apartment and there is a ladder in my apartment and I still have not climbed a ladder. I mean, you could if you wanted to, but that kind of defeats the purpose, right? (laughs) It can't be a ladder that you have and that you set up and that you climb on, right? It needs to come out of nowhere. Now, I will say if there's like some kind of emergency in the apartment and I have to climb the ladder, that might be different, but... Well, let's. But it's also it's been like a full month since that whole ladder fiasco. If you don't know what we're referring to, refer back to. I really couldn't tell you what episode. Just go back like four to five episodes. It's come up in like three separate episodes at this point. So (laughs) everyone who is caught up is like, God damn, not the ladders again! Shut up with the ladders! Talk about something else. the word ladder comes up just if anyone just casually mentions a ladder they're like i will not i will lose my shit if i hear anyone talk about a ladder anymore unsubscribe (laughs) Uh, okay no please don't unsubscribe but yes um yeah promise i will never talk about ladders again so yeah so i got rebooked on this hawaiian airlines flight instead of it being like a I don't know, nine hour flight plus a four, or 19 hour flight plus a four hour flight or whatever it used to be. I now have like two 10 hour flights. Okay. So both very long, but kind of good. Have it cut in it half sucks. like that? It, it still sucks. sucks. Okay. It's yeah. I've never worst. been on such a long flight. Cause so. the thing is like 10 hours versus 19 hours is or like 16 hours or whatever, it's almost indifferent. Mm-hmm. Like you're there for a long ass time. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. <laughs> but when you get off a 19 hour flight or 16 hour flight or whatever, and then you get on like a four hour flight, you're like, this is nothing. I've got it. But when you get off a 10 hour flight and you get on another 10 hour flight, you're like, I'm going to off myself. Oh, I God. cannot do the same thing again. Yeah. That sounds actually really terrible. <laughs> It's the worst. I hated it. Also, Hawaii, the Honolulu airport is like, like they clearly are, have never had a layover before is the best way I can describe it. Like it is not built for layovers. You have to fully exit the airport. Like you have to like basically go to downtown Honolulu and come (laughs) back and re-enter the airport. Anyway, so I've had shitty, shitty travel. I get back here. I wait like a day and a half to make sure I don't have COVID. And then I take the train down to my parents in Northern Virginia to get my dog from them and then come back to New York. So now for the train, they were like, please, please book a first class Acela so it's like less crowded um, just for COVID reasons. So I was like, sure, can do. It's my first time riding first class on the train. I don't know if I've ever done first class on an Amtrak train. It's it's a lot like first class on an airplane. Okay. In that there's a um well not a flight attendant what would you call it? A train attendant? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like someone doing service. There's drinks, there's alcohol, there's food. Uh mm-hmm. random trivia about me. I have not once drank at an airport or an airplane. Interesting. Or a wow. train for that matter. Wow, I have uh I have drank at all of those places <laughs> and in all of those kinds of moving vehicles. So well, it's all good. I mean, like my, I for the longest time, up until my law school graduation, the only time I'd seen my dad drink was on an airplane. Hmm. 
like people drink on airplanes who don't drink. Wow. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like well, I mean, if you have anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Right? Exactly. Yeah. Soften it a little bit. Yeah. I, I just like my thing is I'm not scared of flying. And I like flying already like dries you so much. So mm. like, why would I add alcohol to the mix? Like the last thing I want to like experience is feeling like <laughs> gross and hungover on it. So yeah, well, never for, drink. For me, I feel so shitty on airplanes to begin with that I'm like, why not have a drink or two? <laughs> Makes sense. Since I'm going to feel awful and disgusting and dehydrated no matter what. I mean, probably I would feel better if I didn't. But anyway, I digress. I, yeah, Go on. I really <laughs> couldn't tell you. Anyway, so... I got on the train and um, also there's assigned seats now on trains, much like airplanes. So I'm assigned next to this man, like a very nice looking white, like could be my dad's age Mm -hmm. man. And I go to sit down. He um, puts my luggage in the overhead thing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Very nice man. So I'm sitting next to him, the train takes off, and the train attendant, I guess we'll call him, comes through, offers every single person in first class, other than me, a beverage. (gasps) What? And now keep in mind, I also, I'm not thirsty. Again, I don't like drink on transport. I, I wasn't hungry. I didn't care. But um, <laughs> But like the guy next to me is like, like notices that this man just blatantly ignores me. So he's like, do you want something to drink? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll have a water. So he asks the guy to bring a water. A few minutes later, he goes down. He um, asks anyone like if they want like wine or blah, blah, blah. Again, completely ignores me. And I mean, does he just think that you're like, a child like <laughs> traveling with this older man like right. did, I mean I are you, you're wearing a mask I presume I am wearing a mask I've headphones on now I will say this man was very white and I look pretty middle eastern so I <laughs> don't think he thought I was his child but um but yeah it doesn't offer me anything I didn't want anything I didn't care he goes through again gives every single person a menu what doesn't give me a menu and like the guy's like, do you want a menu? I was like, no, it's fine. Um, now the fourth time, again, every single person but me and the guy next to me turns and he goes, does he not see you? And then I see a moment of just what looks like genuine fear in his face. And he goes, can other people not see you? <laughs> what? He actually said that? <laughs> That is the most absurd, ridiculous thing I've ever heard. That, and that's hilarious. I was like replaying it then from his mind. I've not interacted with one person other than him. He put my bag away. The like fucking train attendant who is attending to also another guy who is sitting near us is like, I mean, insane. Like just seems insane and like kept making these weird snorting noises and that person is getting fully attended to and I'm not I seem to have like no human needs I'm like literally not interacting with anyone no one even seems to glance in my direction like I then was like oh my god this guy must like for a second think like I might be a ghost. Like I might I be mean, like this a seems like a great opportunity to play ghost. <laughs> <laughs> like literally goes, can you not see you? Can can other people not see you? <laughs> like and it's like I don't think he like seriously, but like for a second he's like, am I going crazy? Like oh am I the only person who can see this girl? And I just laughed and I was like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. But like I also just like really didn't give a shit. <laughs> It's like, on the one hand, you could say, yes, that's correct, sir. Mm-hmm. I am a ghost. On the other, you could say, and this is what casual racism looks like, folks. Well, and that's what I was wondering. If, like, like maybe God. he just doesn't like Middle Eastern people. That's the only thing I could come up with. Because, okay, drinks, like, yeah, maybe he didn't think I was 21 because I just look so young. I mean, <laughs> you do look amazing. Um, but, like, menus... I, yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And then when we got to DC, which was the last stop, he asked every single person if they needed help with their bags. Obviously, he obviously he didn't ask for me. And all I want to point out is I was the only person who genuinely needed help with her bags. Like I can't even reach the overhead compartment, you know? <laughs> and when that happened, I just turned to the guy next to me. I was like, you know, shit, he didn't ask me. Oh my God. <laughs> the guy next to me brought it down for me. But I really think there was like a full second where he was like, I might be seeing things. <laughs> wow. I mean, were there any other young, attractive women in this train car? Not in, not, not Could in my Could that section. have been part of it? I mean, I don't know. People are weird. Like something about that, like he felt threatened by you or something. I don't know. I I, I don't want to so psychoanalyze I mean, <laughs> this guy. I think I'm it's absurd. So beautiful. I he just couldn't talk. To I mean, just saying. Why not? It is a possibility, right? <laughs> no, I love that theory. I really couldn't tell you what it was. I will say it's like the least I've ever cared. But like, I will never get over that one second where I could truly see in this man's face that he was like. Like, I, I might, I might be able to like commune with the dad. Like there might be like a Middle Eastern ghost following me around. Oh my God. I think I kind of feel bad for this guy that he actually thought he was hallucinating and or communicating with, uh, spirits. I don't know. Like, you have to be a little bit off your rocker to begin with to think that that's, like, a legitimate option. Well, I think it was just for one second, I will say that. But, like, I think there was just a momentary... Because, again, like, I was playing it from his perspective, and at no point did I I interact with anyone but him. He, like, everything was happening through him. It kind of sounds like a Twilight Zone episode, (laughs) so... And given this guy's age, right? If he's like, you know, your dad's age, I don't mean. But yeah, he like at the end of the train, he was like, I just feel like I've had an empty seat next to me the whole time. I was like, so was everyone else on the train, my friend? Wow. We are all just passengers on this journey through life. No, 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 no. okay so one thing i really wanted to talk about today because we talked about it a lot when we were in australia so stella and i have a mutual friend who started dating someone and unfortunately she is not in new york to talk about it herself so stella and i are just gonna talk about her why not (laughs) you're welcome friend um so she started dating someone and she well okay maybe we should backtrack so we all know each other from this kind of like woo-woo self-improvement-y community where someone that we know always advocates that you should not have sex before six weeks. Is that what she says? Six weeks is what she says. Yeah. Which I find a little bit arbitrary because I've like kind of, I guess, dated someone for, there were air quotes there, dated someone for (laughs) six weeks. Well, we had like three dates, you know? True. It depends on frequency. It depends on so many things. Yeah. And then there has, like, been, like, six weeks where we've had, like, 12 dates. So, I don't know. Like, maybe number of dates makes more sense. But it does depend on a lot of things also. Um, anyway, so she has this kind of arbitrary, you know, line in the sand rule of six weeks. And our friend, who also is a member of that, uh, started dating this guy. And she slept with him after three days dates is that correct yeah I think she said it was three dates that roughly aligned with three weeks okay yeah and I will say I also think that they there would have been more dates had there not been wasn't there something someone maybe was out of town someone was sick I can't remember yeah yeah. I think I think he was out of town and she was sick, or was it the opposite way? Either way, yes. Like something, yeah. something was because I do remember, like after date one, it seemed like the type of situation where there could have been like two dates per week. Like it was mm-hmm. very like 
he had shown a ton of interest. She felt very safe and secure. It's one of those situations where like there was no anxiety. There was mm-hmm. no, uh, you know, like, oh, is he into me? Is he not into me? Like, uh, you know, there was none of that. Yeah, stuff. there was like clear interest mm-hmm. on both parties. parties behalf. Yeah. yeah. So they got sex after three dates and we were having this conversation. I thought it would be interesting to talk about on the podcast because we have kind of talked about it. And there was something that we kind of came up with as a group that I thought was interesting. And here's the thing. I think you can sleep with someone on the first date and it could lead to a relationship and you can wait for months and have sex and it could fall apart immediately afterwards. Oh, totally. personally experienced both mm-hmm. right i mean with band guy the first time we actually hung out in person we had sex that night um with the german i waited for over a month we had been on like 14 million dates because <laughs> you, <know? laughs> well, you saw him a lot didn't yeah you? we were hanging out like two to three times per yeah, week yeah that's a lot <laughs> and he still was like not satisfied with that number and i was like i like will lose my mind if i see you any more <laughs> than what we're already hanging out. in the words of anna delvey i don't have time for this i don't have time for you <laughs> yes. right i'm not gonna do the Wait, accent can you can you you might uh, be able to try it I don't have time for this. I don't have time for you. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) I tried. Stop being poor. (laughs) Broke ass. (laughs) Mine is not good. I'm famously not good at accents. (laughs) So yeah, I've experienced both. I I think it can go either way. But what we were talking about and... Well, I don't know. Do you, do you want to chime in at all or should I keep going? Um, I mean, you can keep going just to say okay. that. Yeah. I mean, I think it is a little arbitrary, obviously, to say, okay, six weeks, no matter what, like frequency matters, connection matters, mm-hmm. self-worth matters hugely, mm-hmm. really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably yeah. more than anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so What I said ultimately was, I think that if you are someone, I think like with everything else in life, you have to look at your own patterning and try to do the opposite of what your patterning is. Mm -hmm. So if you are someone who has a history and a tendency of waiting a million years and overanalyzing everything and being like, ooh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe it would serve you to like have sex a little bit sooner. Mm -hmm. But I think if you have a history of sleeping with someone right away, in part because you think that'll like hook them or make them like you more or because you have a hard time saying no or all of these things, then you really should try to wait longer. Absolutely. I think it's kind of the principle of the opposite of is the antidote, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the six week rule was designed for... Like, who can't relate being in their late teens or early 20s, like college or just after college, where you're kind of sleeping with guys a little bit quicker because you have a harder time saying no. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just, you get swept up in the moment. Like, you I want know, them to like you. Yeah. Like, I remember late high school, early college kind of being like that. And then I overcorrected in the extreme other direction. (laughs) (laughs) And then I didn't have sex for seven years. And now here we are. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I think it really, again, it's like with everything in life, you have to look at your own patterning and be like, okay, what do I have a tendency to do? And you have to be really fucking honest with yourself also. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Because you can always paint a pretty picture in your own mind or in the way that you present Mm -hmm. things to other people about yourself. But if you're not being honest, if you're not really looking deep inside, then, you know, you're not doing yourself any favors. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, I don't. I, there's never a magic number. I mean, I would say some factors. I don't know. Do you just want to spitball some factors? Is frequency of how much you communicate, 
what your intentions are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, what are you looking for? What kind of relationship? What kind of connection? What kind of future? Yeah. What is this person looking for? Are you totally aligned? Are you totally misaligned? Yeah. Mis- is misaligned a word? You know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> is it not? <laughs> I don't know anymore. I only know five letter words now. I've also played Taylor'tle a lot. Oh, is that the that Taylor is? Swift one? Yes. Oh my god! But they I haven't played it, but I've heard it. of it. Yeah, they changed it somewhat recently, so now it could be anywhere between four to eight-letter words. It changes daily, and let me tell you, when it's an eight-letter day, I'm like, I don't know a single eight-letter word. So I, don't, I don't know if I have the patience or the energy to count out eight letters no I mean five letter word okay your brain can still compute that it's the perfect but once number. you get over that even six letters that's a lot of letters yeah yeah no no it really is um I also play hogwirtle sometimes <laughs> the thing with hogwirtle is you can only guess Harry Potter related words now mm-hmm. Taylorle the answer is only Taylor Swift related words but you can guess anything ah, just to I get see. letters okay. whereas with Hogwirtle you can't guess like a lot of basic words and so it's really frustrating like really I can only think of three at a time mm-hmm. Snape is usually what I start with <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one why not anyway um <laughs> oh I've also heard of Nerdle what's Nerdle it's math equations oh <gasps> Anyway, so yes, Nerdle exists too. <laughs> uh, yeah, we might have to cut this short so I can start playing Nerdle because great goals. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't remember how we got on this Wordle detour. Uh, yeah, how did we get here? Five letter words. Uh, uh, <laughs> something, I don't know. We were throwing out. Yeah, like, okay, so I don't know. Like, really, like, number one, it's what do you want? Because if you really just want to consciously experience sleeping with different people, which I think is fine, great, go ahead. I will say if you think that's your intention, I would really think long and hard if that's, like, truly your intention. Mm -hmm. Because I know there was probably a moment where I was, you know, 19 years old where I was like, I just want to like, like, you know, no, Mm -hmm. I didn't. I wanted everyone to be in love with me and (laughs) no one was. But yeah, number one, it's what are your intentions? And then specifically with this person, what are your intentions? Like, what are they looking for? You know, how are they treating you? Do you feel safe? Oh, that's so important. Like, do you feel safe enough to sleep with this person and not hear from them for 12 hours and not spiral? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Because, <laughs> like, I don't – I slept with Ozzy after our, I think, fourth date. Could have been fifth. I really think fourth. And um, I didn't hear from him probably for, like, 12 hours, and I probably lost my mind. Oh, no. And I mean, like, we're together now, whatever. But, you know, I wouldn't recommend it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Like, is it like if you're someone who gets really triggered by not hearing from someone in a certain amount of time, do they know that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are questions that are worth asking yourself before you go into that sort of situation. Yeah. Like, do you ultimately see a relationship with this person Also, I think it can fuck with your judgment. Mm, mm -hmm. I think if you have really good sex with someone, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it can. It can make it harder to see things clearly. So, you know, is it going to do that? And I'm not, you know, talking anyone out of having sex with anyone ever. Okay. And also, it's not to say that, like, you need to be aiming towards a long-term relationship with someone. Ever, yeah. You just need to be very aware aware of and clear with your own intentions what is it is what is it that you want what is it that this person wants can this align Mm -hmm. you know I think that that's a a good point of departure yeah yeah and like also sex is very vulnerable are you ready to get that vulnerable with a person yeah yeah 
And I mean, of course, it's possible also to have sex that's not very vulnerable. But of like, course, is that yeah. going to feel fulfilling? Like, is that what you really want? Yeah. And I, and like, I don't mean vulnerable, like you're going to cry and like bury your soul. I mean, like, like they might see your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was talking more like, I mean, well, not that you need to necessarily bear your soul, but it's just, you know, you're you're stripping yourself bare in more ways than one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but just on the basic level, like, are you ready for them to see your asshole? Oh, my God. Uh, okay. Um. <laughs> Or maybe you feel really good about your asshole. I don't know. I don't feel like the best about my... I mean, as well you should. Because an asshole is an asshole and that is that. Ooh, okay. Can I share one last story and then we'll wrap things up? (laughs) Sure. So um, when I was in Melbourne, I got waxed. And um, honestly, I haven't really like talked about these things because it's kind of like been an inside joke that I had with a former co-host and I don't like to keep, you know, it, it just feels weird to have like an inside joke that you had with someone and then like continue it with someone else. Yeah, I get that. But this was like a story worth telling. <laughs> so it was kind of an impromptu appointment. It was like 5 p.m. on a Saturday or something. It was the only place still open near my hotel. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going here. And um, yeah, so I get in the room. First off, like she's like, okay, like undress and I'll come back, which is normal. And um, she comes back and she kind of like takes a look at my crotch in the weirdest way humanly possible. Like, I really can't explain it, but I was like, okay, right? Awkward. No, I don't know if it was like, oh my God, that girl has so much hair or what it was. But yeah, okay. So then she starts waxing and there's a mirror. So I'm like kind of on a bed and there's a mirror across from me so I can watch it all Wait, happen. what? I have never seen this. That I'm is wild. I'm so happy you reacted like that because I thought it was the strangest thing I've seen in my entire fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> I guess some people like to watch. I don't like, I was like, why? Why are we doing this now? It was kind of cool to like, as each strip of hair went, I was like, Things are getting cuter, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, I was like, this is so fucking weird. Like, this is so fucking weird. And then I, like, after that, I was like, well, I'm, since I'm here, can you, like, wax my underarms? Can you wax my arms? And she, like, brings someone else in. And they're, like, tag-teaming me. <laughs> and then, um, oh, before that, she, like, a part of a Brazilian is they do, like, your butthole which is why I thought of it mm-hmm. and then while she's back there she's like do you want me to keep going and I was like I mean always <laughs> I don't know I don't know take it all off <laughs> I don't know what's left and she kind of like does my butt cheeks too and I was like huh I mean listen I don't hate it but like where is this gonna stop like I'm a <laughs> Middle Eastern lady there's hair all over the body like am I now gonna have a line on my lower back where oh the hair God. starts and stops like, <laughs> where, like where like where like I mean do you want to keep going up my back too I don't know what to say now and it was very strange. And then the arms, they were like tag teaming me. And I was like sitting there like some kind of bizarre robot. And they're like just taking hair off. And I was like, I have never felt more strange in my entire life. Wow. Wait, is there only one mirror or is there a mirror on each side? So you can see what mm. both of them are doing. No, only one mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Which when she was doing my asshole was a very nice treat. Oh my God. Wow. I will say afterwards though, like I couldn't wait for when we were in Melbourne, Ozzy was working on something. That's why we were there for his job. And so he was busy all day. And when he came back, I was like, feel my asshole. (laughs) Silky smooth. Oh my God. Feels like a a bar of butter, which I know nothing about because I'm vegan. As you know, because it's all I've talked about for the past month and a half. (laughs) And don't dare ask about it again, right? 
<laughs> or I will lose my shit. <laughs> yeah. In conclusion, I've been really irritable. I wish I had answers, but I don't. I don't know if it's depression. I don't know if it's, I mean, to, to a certain extent, I think it's justified. I also don't think it's like, like, I don't know. I don't think it's fully justified either. Like, I think I've been a bit of a bitch and I think it's been a bit of a burden on my like loving sweet unconditionally supportive partner who's just so good to me and I really hope he doesn't listen to this episode because I do if I'm being fully honest like to gaslight him into believing that that my behavior is like always perfect and that he's always wrong oh he's such a saint no he's like truly an angel amongst humans like I feel so grateful to be with him honestly and like that's the thing I feel like I should be better because he deserves better well you know if you want to be better in any way that you want to be better then be better but also be you that's the thing and I will say (laughs) Having dated a lot of guys who like would not, I mean, I think of the comedian, right? Who would literally cry about how much he loved me. And then I like, I act like a cunt one time and he broke up with me, you know, (laughs) or like maybe three in total, two, two in total, two full breakdowns. Wow. And he was fully done. Yeah, goodbye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Like, I am so used to guys who, like, love me unconditionally until, like, I act less than perfect and then they're gone. So, yeah, it is really nice to have licensing in a relationship to, like, be not at your best. Because who's at their best 100% of the time? Nobody. Even Ozzy, who, like, really is kind of at his best a lot of the time. Like I've seen him kind of like have less than stellar moments. And I do try to be like, Hey, you're a human. You're allowed to be angry and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it is nice to have that licensing at the same time. It's like, he's just, he's so great. And like, I'd like to be better. And I think there's a lot of inner child stuff here. Mm Mm-hmm. I noticed that a lot in Australia. I know we've been talking about it every single episode, but like just being around his family and especially being around his nieces and their parents and them having this childhood in so many ways that I wish I wanted, right? Like just on basic superficial levels, like them being like skinny blonde girls. Oh gosh, yeah. That's like number one. But then like them being allowed to be kids, Mm -hmm. playing, having fun, like just, you know, like I remember the older one who's nine talking about like her various boyfriends. Like if I talked about my boyfriends at the dinner table when I was nine, I don't think I'd be here today. Like I don't like I think my dad would have murdered me. Oh, God. Like it just it like. I remember when a boy called my house when I was 11. The shit that went down, like, I thought my dad might kill me. Like, he got so angry, I thought he might murder me. That must have been so scary. It was terrible. It was really fucking terrible. And so, like... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think I think all of that played into my irritability. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean? Just seeing, like, in a weird way, being jealous of a six and a nine-year-old for mm-hmm. having everything that I wish I had as a kid. Yeah, no, I get that, though. And that must have been super painful. But it's also, I mean, I think triggers like this are also really valuable in that they mm-hmm. can shed light on the areas where we still have healing to do. And it can be super painful. You know, it's shedding light, but it's also like rubbing salt in a wound. Yes. Yes. But at least like we know that that's where the wound is. Yeah. And we can do with that what we will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if maybe like you're really irritable with a partner. Look at what's coming up around you. Like, Mm -hmm. is it bringing up weird shit from your past? that you need to work through. I guess maybe that's the answer. And then in coming weeks, we can talk about how to actually work through those things. Yeah, absolutely. 
uh, okay, this is so heavy. Should we try to end on a lighter note? <laughs> yes, let's. <laughs> okay, um, back to the waxing story. <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving and so, the hair that keeps on growing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Surely, I mean, this lady who I would imagine is an experienced waxer had to spend so long and use so much strength pulling out my pubic hair (laughs) that at some point she had to take a break because (laughs) she was out of breath, like literally out of breath. Oh, good Lord. And then went and grabbed a fan Somebody's a little out of shape, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I think that if there were an Olympic competition for like pubic hair strength, I might win. Hey, you know what? <laughs> like if there was a way to like attach um, weights, like free weights to your pubic hair. Wait, aren't there like people who lift weights with their pelvic Kegels? floor muscles? I think so. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. that's I have a thing. I heard about this. I think that's a thing. Honestly, I think I would do well at that too, because, um, I have so much experience holding in pee. That's true. Yeah. Actually, you would probably be a top competitor. Petition to make that an Olympic event. Cause honestly, I'm good at nothing. So... <laughs> If I could be good at something, I would love that. (laughs) Uh, Okay, that's a good place to end before it gets really dark again. (laughs) Why not? All right. All right. Love you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone. Share it in your stories. Uh, I know it's a really fucking annoying, but it means so much to me. If you could just go into Apple's or into apple or spotify or whatever rate five stars leave a good review share it with people put it in your instagram stories tag me whatever you want to do it honestly means the world love you guys see you next week see you soon